don't know if you guys have seen on the news how they're digging up property in New York somewhere. I don't remember where the location was, um, but they're burying hundreds of people in this mass grave, people that can't afford and, and really? maybe homeless. Yeah. So, you know, just like we've talked about before with the uh, battlefields and those those kind of things, you know, where people people die and that energy is absorbed into the ground, could mm -hmm. it increase? It, I believe it could. I really do. You're listening to the MPI Paranormal Podcast, where the truth is to be found. A podcast exploring all things paranormal, hauntings, UFOs, crypto, the unknown. Our members believe in the skeptical approach, but with an open mind, just trying to make sense of it all. I want to get back in there, try to figure that out, because it is the unknown. I don't really have a say on it right now, because I don't know what the video looks like. Well, I'm looking for the evidence. What's the evidence? A story to me is not really evidence, because that's one person's experience. Right. And I do, I take my personal beliefs into it, but like you said, then I have my skeptical side that right. wants to prove it another way. Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. It's time. Coming to you from North Texas on multiple platforms for maximum reach. Here are your hosts, members of the MPI team. And welcome to Military Paranormal Investigations Podcast. My name is Rob. I'm Mike. And I'm Jeff. As you guys can tell, we've had some uh, technical difficulties. I don't know what was going on. The uh, Skype was uh, kind of messing up. It looks like we're still dropping a couple frame rates. So uh, hopefully this picks up. I don't know. Uh, we shall see. Uh, comments, let us know. I am. Um... You know, we were ready to go for an hour beforehand, and as soon as we went to hit live, three minutes before it went down. But I will say this. I was watching some live things the other day, and they were having some issues. I think it's just that the systems are overloaded. So everything on our end seems to be working. If you're watching and there's any difficulties, I'm sorry, but we will keep trying to push as long as we can. Yeah. Uh, we are doing the audio, so if the live doesn't work, uh, Mike, you got the audio going, right? So we'll, yeah, so we'll have it up. Yeah, as we'll have record. it up. All right. So, as you all know, this first live podcast for MPI yep. is going to be an interesting one because we're going to talk about how the coronavirus, which everyone is having to deal with, uh, may impact the paranormal world. So, before we start that, how have you guys been affected by this virus and what are you doing to uh, spend your free time doing? What about it, Mike? Well, I, as everybody else, we are in a shelter-in-place order. I am, although I don't consider myself an essential employee, I am in an essential career field right now. So I am having to work, uh, which is fortunate for me because there's a lot of other people that are not. But my wife is not, however, and she's a, a, a teacher that won't be going back to the end of next year or to the beginning of next year. So it's a... Uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see how all this plays out. Um, it's just kind of a crazy thing right now. You know, our, our biggest thing is 
in the little town that we're in, we, we only have to drive like 15 or 20 miles away, but, um, our grocery store was like out of everything forever, which I'm talking, you know, we, we, we were, yeah, we had joked around before cause we had all been on our, our, on our diet, our keto diets, and I couldn't get meat to stay on the diet. It was, it was, it was rel- relatively crazy. So, um, how about you, Rob? Well, me at first I was, uh, supposed to stay home, but, uh, then I got called in because I am an essential employee. So, uh, yeah, I've been working, but when I'm not working, I'm staying here and as, uh, you can see just doing stuff, but, um, yeah, working mostly doing the swing shift still. How about you, Jeff? Hey, for me, you know, I'm a considered a non-essential employee. So, but I've been teleworking from home Monday through Friday. Uh, so that's been a little bit of a change for me. What I do is, uh, software development, computer programming, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of hard to do it on a small little laptop, but I've got it worked out to where I can see everything I need to. And then we're staying indoors uh, just like everyone else should be doing because uh, this is a pretty, pretty nasty virus. Yeah, it's it's going to be a mess. I think that uh, I think it's all going to pull through, but it's definitely going to be a mess. But before we really get started, I wanted to remind everybody that you can find us on our website at www.militaryparanormal.com, or you can find us on any of the social media platforms: uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, help me out, guys. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And. and- and the thing on that is just use military paranormal, all one word on those, and you'll find us. Did you mention and then, You did mention Instagram, right? He did, I did yes. Mention, I did. And then also, uh, I know you guys had asked me to say something before, but I have my personal page up, which is Undiscovered Origins. You can find that on Facebook. Everything is Undiscovered Origins, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Twitter is UD Origins, uh, but you can find me. Uh, on any of that stuff a little different approach i'm trying to take it from a personal side a little more of the adventure and the outdoors type thing more of the cryptid cryptid focus so um you can find us there on that and then rob what about this the live streaming platforms uh live streaming you got uh, facebook live both on your page and uh the mpi page then we got youtube going we have mixer twitch uh d live mob crush periscope twitter so they're out there. You, all you got to do is Military Paranormal, and you should be able to find us. All righty, then. Yeah, and if you wanted to call us, you can call us at 940-437-4674 or 4MPI. Leave us a yeah. message, uh, and we'll call you right back. You know, one of the things we've been looking for is to for you to tell us your story one of the big focuses that i have is to make paranormal a little less weird uh, so that people will call in tell us their stories that sort of stuff kind of feel a little more comfortable with us so if you have a story you want to share if you have any type of uh, footage any type of evp anything like that that you want to share with us make sure you send that along you can also contact us at podcast at militaryparanormal.com and we must also put out our disclaimer we are not affiliated with any branch of the military. There you go. Well, so, so Mike, Mike, what are we going to talk about here in this podcast now? Well, you know, when I, I was looking the last couple of weeks as I've been, you know, sitting here at home whenever we're not getting out or doing anything. And I, it's it's amazing to me how many how much some of our paranormal counterparts are being affected. And I'm not talking about on 
the personal level that we're all going to get through on this. I mean, you know, we, we had to reschedule some investigations. We had had one that um, we had booked for a while that we were going to go to when all this lockdown first hit. And that kind of stuff to me is trivial in the, in the bigger picture of things because it doesn't really affect our pocketbooks or our health or anything like that. But what I was more uh, concerned with, I guess, is how it's affecting some of the paranormal organizations out there that it's affecting in, in, in a negative manner. Uh, also, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about how it could affect uh, the cryptid world in terms of Bigfoot or something like that. Yeah. Well, the, uh, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, some of the, the people that we follow on different social media sites, um, we've seen where museums have been had to shut down uh, due to all this. We've been affected because we wanted to uh, attend a conference it, next month down in uh, Huntsville. Right. The, uh, the third and, annual Southeast Texas Bigfoot Conference. And that was one of the ones that kind of that kind of um, more concerned me. Uh, you know, those guys that put those on, they put out they put a lot into it. They're trying they put a lot of effort. They put a lot of money into it. And, and for instance, this one, they canceled it. And. You know, my concern is and I don't know what these guys in their in their final their final numbers and things like that. But, you know, they had to reserve the entertainment that was coming. They had to reserve the facility. They had to reserve the caterers. They had to buy the T-shirts, buy the posters, buy the flyers, buy all the publications, all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, a lot of these guys like this, they're not able to absorb that cost so much. You know, if, you know hopefully they have insurance yeah. or some of those types of things. But some of that stuff, if, you know, if, you're, if you were going to attend that, that kind of stuff, one of the things that I saw is, on the bigger, broader spectrum of things, most people were like, hey, keep my money. Yeah. You know, have it next yeah. year. That's what I'm concerned with. You know. A lot of the vendors it, did it, that too. Right. So I, I think that, um, and, and it wasn't just that conference. There was multiple conferences on, you know, across the U.S. that this, that this was happening too. So, right. um, you know, that, that's my big concern is, is if they don't get the support from us as the paranormal community, that they won't be able to have these events again because they're going to take it so much in the pocketbook that they're going to be negatively. They're like next year. They're like, is this a risk I want to take again? Right. So yeah, yeah I think as a parent, as the paranormal community, we need to understand and realize that if you know, you know, we, for instance, I think we paid what $60. Um, Something like that. You know, so yeah. In, in my opinion, if I don't get that back and he's able to have that next year, I'm perfectly fine. Cause that was our big trip. That's our guys trip. Yeah, and we exactly. get a lot of footage. We get a lot of personal memories. We get a lot of things out of that. I would rather have that happen again than see, you know, them not ever have it again. Cause that was an excellent conference. It was, to. it really was. They had a lot of good people come in there and tell their stories and uh, it opened up my eyes a lot to the realm of Bigfoot. Well, you know, one of the things that I've thought about also, it's not just the folks putting on the conference, but if you stop and think about how it affects the community, they would have had all those folks in the hotel rooms, right. all of the restaurants and everything, people would have been going out to eat. Um, so it's a huge impact, and that's just one conference. Yeah. And, the, and the vendors, you know, and, and I'm going to get into it in just a little bit, but, you know, they have speakers that come to these things. They have the vendors that come sell their goods. And this is how those guys make their money. Yeah, definitely. So to not be able to go, you know, by the time this is hopefully by the time this is over, 
two or three months down the road, that's a that's a quarter of uh, of the year that some of these people are going to be missing their revenues, their the way they make their living. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a it's something that we as the paranormal community need to go out and support and be able to um, where they can continue to do this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if I if I can real quick, uh, Rob, we got a uh, shout out from uh, Stephanie. That's your daughter. Ah, cool. Out in North Carolina with her new husband. Yep. Hey, Steph. Yep. She, she wanted to say hello. Right. If you call last week's show, that was uh, th- that was her one of her stories that we went no, over. No, 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 not not my daughter Stephanie. The other Stephanie. That was our member. Yeah. No, this is my daughter Stephanie. Yeah, she, okay. She's out Sorry. all the way in North Carolina now. I'm trying yeah. to read messages and everything. This is this is a different experience. I'm it is. I'm watching our Skype feed and it's live. I can see, but I'm watching the 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 feed that's coming through. It's a little delay, so it's making me yeah. busy. Then I got messages and exactly. Yeah. That's what I, I'm looking well, so far. I'm lucky. I don't have any messages so far. So but, only you guys. But hey, send in those comments. Send in questions you may have uh, about paranormal or anything, and uh, we'll try to answer them for you. Yeah, even if uh, you have a story about something that you're doing during this coronavirus, if there's something that you're taking precautions about, let us know so we can probably pass it out there as well to others. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Definitely. So, Jeff, one of the things that you talked about was the uh, the museum that had closed down. There's actually a couple of them, you know, that had to shut down. And yeah. I think the one that, that I, it struck me the most was was Lauren Coleman's International Cryptozoology yeah. Museum. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, he put a, basically put out a message that said, I'm going to be shutting down. Uh, it may be two weeks, maybe two months, it may be two years. I don't know when, but I'll do what I can to bring it back up. Um, yeah. you know, that's something that he's put his life work into. Uh, I know that Cliff Barogman had posted about the North American Bigfoot Center. They just, you know, opened that up and got all that running and all of that's been closed down and, they, and they're asking for people to go online and you know buy their goods that you can buy in their online stores and things like that to help still support them because they're not getting that revenue of people coming to the location and that sort of stuff yeah well it's like you said mike you know at these conferences these vendors come and they sell their books and that's where they make a lot of money you know to mm-hmm. include speaking fees and all of that kind of stuff as well so if you take four or five months of that away from them, they've lost a large amount of income. Oh, yeah, that, definitely. That, definitely. That is very true. No. Speaking no. of, you know, you were talking about that, and this was a, uh, it's a nice little segue you had there, Jeff. <laughs> I, I recently finished Ken Gerhard's last book, which is The Essential Guide to Bigfoot. Um, and he's another one of those. That's he's, he's, you know, he goes to these conferences. He goes to these things. He does the speaking. You know, he's on a lot of these TV shows and things like that. So when he... By shutting down and not being able to travel and do that kind of stuff, and I'm not talking about just him. I'm talking all these these kinds of guys. That that that's how they that's how they make their money. So I will say that this is probably one of the better Bigfoot books I had read. If if you are looking, here's what I'll say: if you are new to Bigfoot in general, if you're new to cryptids in general, that sort of stuff, the um. This is the book for you. If you're an experienced guy, more experienced, this is a great reference material. But if you have questions and you're not really knowing where to, uh, how to take the information in and how to process that, or you're like, oh, this can't be or that can't be, this is the book you need to read. So, again, support all of these local guys. I know that, uh, Jeff, you and I were talking about it. I think that Lon Strickler's got a new book out on one of my favorite subjects, which is the Chicago Mothman sightings. Yeah. Um, 
Lauren Coleman's got a book that's come out here recently. Um, all of the authors that, that you read, if you go to these sites and you listen to them speak, most of them have books, most of them have that sort of stuff. So again, go support. You're sitting at home anyway, go support by yep. their books and, and help support those guys so they can continue doing what we like to go do in, in the downtime. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So Rob, what's your take yep. on things? As far as which one? maybe the you know the coronavirus where you see it going how long do you think it's maybe going to last what more impacts will it have on us as americans do you think Oof, that's that's a big one right there i thought we were just talking about the paranormal world <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh, but it affects all of us though it does affect all of us it really does i mean when i first heard all about this you know i was one of the ones that are like yeah okay i'm, I'm Everyone's wearing a mask out there. Uh, I was one of the ones that was not. Uh, I, I saw it more like a flu-type symptom. Um, right. I really don't get that sick. Uh, and then, uh, lo and behold, right after I pick up my first class and stuff, I get like one week into class, and then I'm told, hey, don't come to class. I'm like, what happened? And it was my one of my students had the sniffles, and everyone thought he had corona so they quarantine us so i know firsthand exactly what it was like to be in the quarantine process you know it oh. was it was it was different because i couldn't go nowhere couldn't talk to anyone my daughter stopped by and i'm like talking through through the door and stuff was like hey you know i i might have it so you might be quarantined as well so it not only affected me my classmates it also affected my daughter her husband and my other daughter just for stopping oh. by you know so it it it's not to be taken lightly let's put it that way don't take it lightly take all the precautions wash your hands don't touch your face if you do touch your face wash your hands again you know always wash your hands take precautions yeah well i, I know here in town you know it seems like for me there's still a lot of people out on the streets yeah you know oh, there's has... a, lot of, well, a lot of people well, out on the streets when you look at people's mentality what is essential Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, and I will say, I can, you can kind of, I, in the very beginning, Rob, I was the, the conspiracy theorist on it. I, uh, you know, we have a, a, a friend that we talked to that so that it was 5g, didn't you? Well, no, I didn't. Hey, hey, we'll get into that in just a minute. We'll get into that. I'm not a 5G thing, but, but, you know, this, he started posting this stuff way back when, I mean, like December, and I'm like, right. man. Oh, I know who you're talking about. You're t- yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So anyway, as it started coming out, I'm like, you know what? I, I look at the flu deaths. I look at this. I look at these projections. And I, I was a big conspiracy theorist. And I will say, I hope that, you know, they said this last week and this upcoming week is going to be our hardest weeks. And I hope that to me, it looks like, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. One death is way too many, but it doesn't, when I looked at the stats right before we went online, it doesn't seem to be doing that gross climb that I think they were projecting. So I can kind of see where some of the conspiracy guys are really kind of coming with some of that stuff. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, I personally know someone that has coronavirus and I I know that they're okay. They're a young person that, that is healthy. And and I think that they, you know, they're going to be okay. Um, 
But at the same time, what gets me is hearing the stories of the kids that are affected. You know, these people, these kids that have died alone in a, in a hospital room, that's that, that, I guess that's where my panic sets in and, and maybe that's what triggers, triggers me. So it's a, it's a scary deal. Um, it really is. I do yeah. think that we will recover from this. We're going to press on in a couple months. We're going to be, we're going to be turning. It's going to take a long time to recover from this as a nation financially. But I think that, um, uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll recover from this. I, I think that this is only the beginning of what's going to come. I mean, you know, when you look at history and in these types of pandemics and things like that, I think it's going to, it's going to come again one day, something, you know, it's only getting worse. The more people there are, the more, um, cross communication. That's how this thing, when you look at like, uh, like the bubonic plague, uh, one of the bouts of that, that went around, it took a hundred years to work its way from the far East into Los Angeles, literally almost a hundred years to go that far. This thing took days, you know, yeah. just absolutely days really because good. of the the, yeah. the way the whole world is intermeshed nowadays. So I think that I think it's going to change the face of the earth and how we do things. I think that, um, you know, we joke about this and I put it up on Instagram and I know my mother-in-law made you guys one. But I think you're going to see more of this in in the future. I think you're going to see us as Americans worry that, you know, I look at some of the stats on some of the countries that didn't get as affected they are mask wearing countries because of the pandemics or the epidemics that they've had in the, in the past. So do you think that we're going to be wearing masks from here on out? Even, even when this dies down, I, I think you will see more people wearing masks. I think that most people will become complacent because we, we all know, and as being prior military people, what, how complacency works and you will all go back to normal and it'll go away. But I think you'll see that handshaking and masks all of that will be changed. That's, that's, that's my, I think you'll see less handshaking, more masks in public and in great public things. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Well, good. So uh, we're, we're laughing because Rob got pulled away for a second. Y'all can't see it apparently, but Jeff and I were like, what the heck? So anyway, it's a, I, again, I think that it's going to change the the surface of everything for us in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that, Mike. I think you know the the days of handshaking and all of that will probably be gone. We may do more of the elbow bumps or that kind of stuff with one another. And I think you'll see more people taking hand washing. I mean, not that they shouldn't have already. I mean, this is right. kind of the the sad part, but you'll see hand washing, hand sanitizer. And then the other thing is, I think that everybody thought the preppers were crazy until this hit, you yeah. know? So I think you're going to see a upsurge in prepping after this. I think you're going to see more and more people that will be prepared. Um, you know, my, you know, a, a great portion of America lives paycheck to paycheck. So going out and buying six months or a year's worth of food and supplies. I mean, toilet paper. A good, yeah, a good example is toilet paper. Preppers, don't get me wrong, they, they they have toilet paper and that sort of thing, but a toilet paper is not high on the list of a real prepper because it takes too much room to store, and there's many other things that you can do. I mean, you can wash. And where did you know, that go? It, it, well, because for some reason that's I, – <laughs> I, I don't understand it, but it's not really high on the list of preppers' items. Does that make sense? So I, I don't – I think you'll see more people – 
smartly prepare. I, I think I was losing my voice there because I got too far away. Um, I think you'll see more people smartly prepare for this kind of stuff. Well, hey, I want to share a comment that uh, Stephanie posted. She said, I got called a communist the other day while at work because I had told someone, please don't step over the tape. She works at Walmart. Right. Now, how sad is that? Well, it's not. This is my opinion. I I get the whole rights thing. I I get the fact that we as Americans, we're a free citizen and we shouldn't actually have this. However, to me, it's not about me. It's about that person on the other side of the line that is having to be there to support us and the things that we need, mm-hmm. we need to protect them. And that's what, that's, that's how we should look at that. It shouldn't be whether or not I'm losing my right. It's that I'm trying to protect my friend over there. That's having to work. You know, uh, you know, I got a gas station I go to that hung the plexiglass thing up. Mm-hmm. He either had to wear a mask or have a shield. And he's like, I can't wear a mask all day. I can't, I just, I mean, that's right. 12 hours sitting here. I can't do it. I'm gonna put the mask up and he's got the line back from the counter. And why is that? It's because when people come up and start coughing on him or doing this, that, or the other. Yeah. It's not about whether I can't cross that line. It's about protecting my counterpart on the other side of the line. That's that's what it's about. And see, that's what we need to be doing during this coronavirus is looking out for one another, not just yourself, but look out for someone else, especially the elderly, because they're more receptive to this. They really are. And my, my, uh, sorry, my son in law, he uh, works at the prison. And he needs the, uh, you know, the, the stuff, the sanitizing stuff mm-hmm. out there. Uh, he really does because of everything that goes on out there. But there was only one left in Walmart, and there was an older gentleman that was looking for some as well. And he just happened to have it in his cart. Um, my son-in-law did. And when the older gentleman couldn't find any more, that's when he's like, well, here, I, I can find it somewhere else. I'm younger than you. You take this. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, seriously, you take this. So, I mean. We have to do more stuff like that. We really do. We need to look out right. for other people, not just hoarding. Well, and that's that's what I think that we should. And, and again, I don't want to go down the political spectrum, no, but no. I get I get the whole free American thing. And trust me, I am I, I'm pretty far up that spectrum myself. However, you? again, no. it's about <laughs> looking. It's about looking out for your other Americans. That's yes. what it's about. And you need to quit focusing on what are they taking away right now? Because you've heard the thing about, you know, fight the battle another day, you know, live to fight the battle another day. That's what it's about right now. You got to make sure we get through this. Then we'll cross that bridge and we'll figure out where to go. Now I am seeing stuff where, uh, and again, I don't know how much truth to this, where they're talking about, you know, the LA mayor has put out rewards for people that turn in their neighbors for, for gathering in parks. And I saw a thing in Canada where, the guy was arrested for playing softball catch with his daughter in the middle of a park. Um, so, you know, I mean, there are some things to be concerned about, but again, I think right now it's about protecting your counter, your, right. your counterparts and, and pressing on. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got a comment from a, from Joel. One of, he's a coworker of mine. Uh, he says it's going to be more socially acceptable to wear the mass after this. He thinks. Right. And that's, and that's, that's what you yeah. were just saying, Mike. And yeah. that, that's that's kind of like SARS in 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 Japan and in mm-hmm. Asian countries. You know, they didn't have the the they had the lower percentage of death rates and, and the contraction rates because and that, again, oh, you can fact check my numbers and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, but from what I'm seeing, they had those lower numbers because after the whole avian flu, 
they they wear masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, and th- and that's what it's about. It's about if you touch something on the counter, you can't touch your your mouth. Right. And and, and that's the thing with the gloves. I mean, and, and that's essentially what the CDC said. The masks do nothing to prevent the transmission, no. other than remind you not to touch your face. Right. And, right. and that's basically what it is. And the same thing with gloves. If you're wearing gloves, you're less likely to come up. If, unless you've seen the meme of the guy in Walmart pulling the gloves off with his teeth. So, um, the, uh, so anyway, yeah, I think it will be mo- more socially acceptable. And, and, you know, the problem is, is then you're going to go back to, you could go way down political spectrums. If it's okay to wear a mask like this, why is it not okay to wear, you know, a cultural mask or, you know, a cultural mm-hmm. face shield. And, yeah. And, but I think you're, I think that, I think you're going to see a lot change. Uh, I, I really do. But, you know, one of the things I want to say here real quick before we go on, um, we need to really stop and thank our medical folks that are on the on the front line. uh, Spending many hours in there trying to help patients, you know, they're. They're putting up with a lot, you know, they're having to come and quarantine themselves from their families Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And uh, so I'd like to give a big shout out to those medical folks. Yeah, definitely. And and the first responders too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and as crazy as it sounds, think about, you know, I went to our little grocery store, and they hire, they and and I know that they're not on the same level as the medical responders. I get, I understand that, but they they hire like teenage teenagers to come in and work to take groceries from the inside to the cars. So that's the, so the carts get back in and all that kind of stuff. While I was talking, you know you see the same people when you go that are working these long shifts because other people aren't going into work. Other people aren't doing that. And these guys, these kids are working 12 hours trying to, trying to stock the stores and do all that kind of stuff and expose themselves to all that multitude of people that want to cross the line and want to do all this kind of stuff. So anybody that works in a, in a, in a, in a field like that, I, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah. Hey, Mike, I wanted to, you and I, to, we talked just a little bit. Um, a few weeks ago or a few days ago, we had had brought this up when we started talking about doing this podcast. What do you think of the COVID-19 virus affecting something such as Bigfoot? Do you think there's the possibility that the virus could affect Bigfoot? Well, in my opinion, I am of the camp that Bigfoot is hominid an undiscovered hominin that's closely related to us at some lineage along the lines so that being said when you look at great apes and other primates we have devastated populations of of great of gorillas um and along those lines and that's what they talk about now the zoos are having to take special precautions to because so if you take someone like for example like a newborn that has no immunities built up they're really acceptable susceptible to getting you know a communicable disease because of that because they don't have the immunities built up same thing with these gorillas and things like that and then they talk about like in 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 Africa they were having to shut down the national parks because they were afraid that we would take it to those national parks because if you took it in an abu- and a family of silverback gorillas got it. By the time they scatter throughout the woods and visit other communities and other families of their species, it, it would be devastating. It could wipe out 
and they, and I'd read the numbers. It was something like 80% of the population they could wipe out because they have zero immun immunities to this kind of stuff. So that's why, uh, you know, they take those precautions. But yes, I think on that, if you look at Bigfoot as a, if, if you take away, and I'm not going to have that debate today, any of the supernatural or alien aspects of the Bigfoot claims, if yeah. you look at it as a, as an undiscovered primate species of some sort, yeah, I think it could seriously, uh, you know, you think about, um, of course, now they've shut down most of the national and state parks and things like that where people yeah. go camping, but you go camping, something gets into the, um, into the trash or whatever and, and gets that and then takes it in. I, I think it could, because now they're saying that you can give it to your pet. It doesn't affect them as badly, but then your pet can't give it back to you. It's, it's a, that, that's what I had read the other day. So you could give it, there was an instance of a tiger in one of the zoos that contracted coronavirus and was, they expected him to fully recover, but he was, I guess, tested positive for the coronavirus. So wow. um, okay. you can't give it to the pet. They just, they supposedly can't give it back. And again, correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong. And then, you know, but it's dangerous for them because what if, what if it looks so it doesn't affect the tiger, but what if it affects another animal or a gorilla or an orangutan or something like that? So, um, but yeah, I think that Bigfoot's along the exact same lines as that. Okay. Hey, we were, uh, we were asked by one of our viewers, you all have any investigations planned after all this quarantine stuff blows over? And I, I was going to bring something up about that. How, how do you think that's going to affect other paranormal organizations with the investigations and if people are going to be wearing masks and stuff? Because I know we have, what, two on the books right now that we're, that we're yeah. wanting to do? Yeah, we have two, and then um, we, had, we had two that we wanted to do. One of them we had scheduled. We have to, it was yeah. firm. We had to reschedule. Um, and then and that's I actually the when I first had the coronavirus scare. Mm -hmm. We had to reschedule because of that. Yep, because you were in lockdown. Yep. And, um, and then I had the big expedition plan to the, you know, the mountain region this, this, um, spring that later right. on in May and, um, but yes, we had two investigations. One of them, I think you'll be, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say this. We were trying to keep this as more of a, until we put it out there, but we've been working really, really hard on our YouTube, mm -hmm. really, really hard on the media and the, and the content for you guys. You uh, we wanted to do something. Well, we, well, I'm not going to go spoil? completely in depth. Yet. I'm not going to give spoilers, but I'm going to say, so we've been working really hard to do that. And this one investigation is a place that we have investigated in the past. It is a pay place. And I'll tell you our first go around, we thought, okay. And then we came home and it went crazy for us. And yeah. so we're going back now to investigate that. We want to fully document that and then put that out there for you guys. And so, yes, that's what's coming up. I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. when we get that back because um, once we, you know, once we got back from that, we actually got, we got a pretty good image of a figure, shadow figure maybe in a mirror. We want to do some testing to make sure it's not a periodola effect or a reflection of one of us or something along those lines. But, and then we also got, I think we got a couple of EVPs that, we had to discount before because I'm going to be straight up honest. We had a boo buddy, which I like the boo buddy. I think it's got its place, but the problem is, is we left it running the entire time Really, and it contaminated the other yeah. audio. 
Um, so we had, we had some stuff. And then also, you know, when we were there, it's a place that a lot of people go to. And when we were there, we have accidentally, Allison brought out her UV light and was shining it around the room and just happened to notice it went through the window to a damp. We were upstairs, went through the window to a downstairs room and there were sigil markings all over all the door frames that we happened to notice. So we've came back and we've done some more research on some of that. We're more prepared to understand because that's not, and I'm not knocking any, that's not what we do. But my question is, I did talk to my cousin who is really big into more of the, uh, the magic and um, those types of arts. And I think that he says, basically, it's just a general protection type deal. But where I go with that is, is I think that there's no telling what someone has done there. And if you really want to get into supernatural and you want to get into more of the dark side of things, uh, which I don't like to go into, however, sometimes I, I we have it, to. I think it warrants it in this situation. Um, I'm getting the chill bumps talking about it. So, and see, I wasn't I, able to go with you guys, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's pretty interesting. And you know, when it sits on, we talked about this. We actually tried to record this before. A week ago, but anyway, it sets on a on a rail bed right next to a rail bed. It sets over a well. It sets on this granite bed that runs through the ring, you know, that runs through the area. Um, and then you've had people there that's been doing spells and no telling what sorts of conjuring mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I think that there is the potential for something really bad to be there, yeah. and. So we're we're going back to get into that and kind of see where where that's going. And for us, it's for personal reasons. Straight up, going to tell you that. Um, but yes, that's what we. That's one of the things we've got coming up. Um, we've got some other little investigations that we're going to go on, and then we got our again, outdoor adventures as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I was going to have you talk about, Mike. Not tell the whole story, but. Kind of so, talk about somewhere we may go. Which so one? There's a, there's two of so, them. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> one of the ones I and this one I'm I'm pretty and I'm sorry I keep looking at my laptop because I'm talking to Jeff and Robin. <laughs> my camera is up here, but so one of the things we've been doing we we live in an area that is if you if you drive on the highway you can see from when they talk about everything's bigger in Texas it's sky to sky yes sky I mean horizon to horizon sky I mean it's there's, it's flat. It's nothing. Well, there's a spot. It's this hidden little gem right off the highway that you would not know that was there. No, I had no and clue. It, it came to us that, hey, we actually heard a podcast that somebody mm -hmm. was talking about this. I had heard it a few years ago. I started researching and kind of dug up some information. Then I put it on the back burner. Then Rob heard a podcast and he's like, hey, have you heard about this place? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So then we got to digging into it. Then we talked to some well-known people, found out some information. Mm -hmm. Well, then back last year, I went, I took my son and we went camping and I was just like, Hey, I want to go check it out. So we got down there and I got some interesting tracks, um, a trail, a, a trackway, and I got a pretty interesting thermal image hit. I'm going to say I'm in conflict with the tracks that we got. However, well, after doing some more research and talking to some other investigators, they closely match. Matter of fact, I was sent a picture. Yes. They closely match things that were taken 12 years ago. Yes. And up, the most other recent sighting was two years ago. 
and then we went back. Well, the Matter first fact, time you and I went, um, you were showing me all the places that you went to, and there's no way that they could have walked across where you said they walked across and you got your cast done without... Well, they probably could have. If, if it was a Bigfoot, I would say they would be able to. There's no, no way, way that the, a human... Any redneck in their wildest no, minds would have no, walked across that. No, um, no. And I say that as a country boy, so... I can Same. say that um, the yeah, there, there's no way. And one of the places where the trackway came out of, we were estimating what about nine feet nine. deep. Yeah. And it went under trees. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I, I've been swimming in some back places and all, but there's no way I would have swam underneath the trees in the middle of summer. No, uh-uh. not going to, not, not with snake, not nope. in this area, nope. snake, nope. heaven, Mm-mm. not, not going to happen. And then they came out, walked around this place and then went back across an area that was just, what it was is the creek washes out. It flooded that spring, and all the washout kind of empties out into this area. And it's sticks that just look like this. Yeah. And these tracks just went straight across it barefoot. So then I'm going to say this. So I still toy with my idea. I'm thinking, well, it was summer. There were people there swimming. They were barefoot. They were out here walking around in the, in the water. Now, granted, not across that. So, okay. It's in the back burner. So then we went back January. It was our last. You might have seen it on Instagram, Facebook. We went back to this location. Even did a podcast on it. Yes, we did a podcast out there. I found, well, I say I, my brother Jeremy and you. Mm -hmm. And well, Jeremy's brother-in-law and I found these first sets. Then you and Jeremy found two separate sets. We found barefoot footprints. A quarter of a mile from nowhere yep. on a creek bed, and the night before it was about 33, 34 degrees. It was cold. It was very, and it had been that way for a while. I don't know right. if anybody's familiar with North Texas here, but it's either cold or it's hot. It's hot most of the time, but for about three months, it is cold and the wind blows 100 mile an hour. Again, I don't think anybody was hoaxing us. We've been out there, I've been out there multiple multiple times and it's pretty secluded it's actually very unused it's a kind of a it's a gym and so anyway then i sent those pictures to a well-known person i'm not going to name and that's when we got some stories back some photos back and we got some information so our plan was we were going to go back matter of fact we were going to go back the next weekend after the investigation i just talked about go camping all weekend long and do some research but again that can't happen so um so yes we do have some stuff out there and we are going to be putting it on youtube we we're planning a youtube kind of like series if you would so we got some stuff coming out there i I think you'll be uh pleased and that's one of the things i wanted to focus on with your guys help too is on my channel i wanted to do i'm really big into overlanding and that sort of stuff so one of the places i've looked at is a really off-road backcountry got to have a four-wheel drive to get in uh expedition about a four or five day expedition into the heart of a an extremely reported bigfoot area so uh we're trying to get some equipment we're trying to get some things in place for that and we will be we're going to drive the truck in but it takes a day to get out if you right. something happens so 
so we're, some of that kind of stuff uh, you'll see that again on both channels that's uh that's kind of more of what i want to focus on that kind of stuff so yeah there's stuff coming up sorry that was long-winded that's <laughs> me y'all know hey me. that's all right that's what we want to hear and on that note i wanted to i wanted to say this because again i am big into the off-road and the overlanding community and that sort of stuff and i see a lot of type people that post well why can't i go fishing or go out by myself because that's the best social distancing, distancing yeah. that you can get however i'm going to say it like this so big bend in texas is renowned for its camping and its backcountry and they talk about how there's a, a there's a hospital that serves like five communities down there or five counties so if you go in and you don't right now you're walking you don't know that you have coronavirus you get down there apparently this thing can hit you pretty quick and pretty rapidly you go out on a weekend camping trip before you know it you get sick mm -hmm. You have an underlying health condition, you have to go to the hospital, or you have a vehicle accident, you hit an animal with your vehicle, you break down, you break a leg hiking in the woods, and you have to go call an ambulance. Now you've exposed the game wardens, the yep. sheriff's department, the first responders, the hospital, to a community that is completely ill-prepared at handling an epidemic such as this. Right. That's why you... That's why you can't go camping. That's that's one of those. I wanted to put that in perspective for people just as a PSA. It's not necessarily that you're trying to go do that. It's that you're going to expose, again, your counterparts mm -hmm. to something that they were relatively safe from in their right. remote areas. So anyway, hey, I wanted to say that real quick. Hey, real quick. Uh, I threw out a question while you guys were talking. I asked, what are your thoughts about Bigfoot, real or not? Um, and someone asked a question. The question exactly is, what is a Bigfoot? Is it a cryptid? Is it an alien? What are y'all's thoughts? So I, I think I think you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Right, no, you're gonna. You're good. I wanted to. I wanted to say this first. I think you have to understand what a cryptid is. What right. cryptozoology is. It is only the study of unclassified animals. Exactly. There's actually a lot of discussion about how, you know, for instance, example, the Tasmanian tiger. It is reported to be extinct but it's been cited so that's considered a in the cryptid study mm -hmm. because it's even though it's classified it's supposedly not alive so that is what cryptozoology is it's not necessarily it is an actual science field as far as i'm concerned now it gets really weird when people start throwing in things like werewolves and vampires and things like that however that's where it goes and that's kind of the fun part so but cryptozoology is that way um personally I have to admit that there are a lot of lights in the sky sightings associated at or near the same time as Bigfoot sightings. I still think, in my opinion, that it's probably coincidence. Maybe there is something. Maybe it is because the area is exposed to high strangeness. We look at Skinwalker Ranch. Jeff, but we look at Skinwalker Ranch. There are cryptid sightings, there are alien sightings, there are ghost and supernatural sightings, all in the same thing. There right. are many locations across the world. When you get into, um, when you get up into a lot of these areas that are heavily wooded, a lot of that is former tribal land, things like that, where there are some myths and mythologies of supernatural occurrences that happen at the same time. Whether or not they're related, and I'll have to say this, so maybe that this the myths in Native American legends may be associated, maybe their mythologies and supernatural occurrences are related to their sightings of that cryptid in the area. But 
so I, I think that, in my personal opinion, I think that Bigfoot is a again a previously unclassified hominid. I think that the reason it's so hard now, when you look back, people say, "Well, it only started with Patterson Gillen." That's incorrect too. This has been going on since the beginning of time. All the Native American tr uh, tribes have legends all over the world. All the other countries and things like that have stories of similar aspects of what's related to be Bigfoot. Yeah. So, and then they were really popular in the late 1800s in this country when we were really into our expansion and into the wilderness. So all these sightings kind of ramped up and then it went to the fifties and sixties and now urban expansion has really gotten out there and you see less and less of that. However, so is technology and people are out there less and less. So I think that Bigfoot is a, an unclass. And I still think, People that tell you how could there be something like that have not spent times in the woods in East Texas. That is well, true. Well, I was going to say, you know, Mike, you and I've talked about this, and Robbie, we have as well. Um, I never really was a big believer in the whole Bigfoot thing, you know, ghosts and that kind of stuff and spirits and all that. I had some dealings with, and, and yeah, that interested me. But now within the last couple of years, I've really got interested in the whole Bigfoot thing. You know, to me, it's there's so many different sightings out there and so much research that's going on about it. Um, there's got to be something to it. Well, and Jeff, and we've all talked about this. We go to these conferences. In some of these conferences, you're at for a couple of days with people. And you're sitting there and you're breaking bread with these people. You're having conversations. And this is... You might sit across the table from Farmer Joe, who has yep. been raised a devout Christian his whole life, who has been, you know, no, there's nothing about you that ever makes them think that that person would think about supernatural things or any of this kind of stuff, yet they had an experience that they tell with you. And this is a person that may have hunted. They know what bears, they know what all these creatures look like, and they tell you, I came face to face with something and I'm telling you, this is what it looked like. And, and you look at them and, and you know, I mean, yeah. we as investigators, we pick up on a lot of cues when you kind of know that somebody might be kind of not necessarily making things up, but even embellishing it as they're going along. But you, some of these cases you hear and you know, this person with all their heart and soul, this is just has changed their life. And then you talk to other investigators that had a normal life that were out camping one night and had rocks the size of footballs thrown at them. And, and they're, they're trying to tell you this and they're like, and then I heard this screaming and I heard this kind of stuff and this is okay. So it ain't a Bigfoot, but what the hell is it? I mean, right. yeah, right. You have to, to, to check this out. So anyway, that, that's what gets me are the, are the stories that people, again, a good old country boy that's been in the woods hunting and fishing his whole life. And he comes around a Creek bed one day and there's something sitting there staring at him that pounds their chest and runs off in the woods. And you're like, you know, they didn't misidentify that. I mean, yeah. this, this guy can, this guy can tell you the sex of a Turkey from a hundred yards away without a second glance, but he's, you're telling me that he misidentified a Bigfoot as a bear in a part of the country. that don't have bears. Yeah. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, Rob, uh, yeah. what's your take on it? What do you think of Bigfoot? Well, I was like you. I really that that was like you guys went to the first Bigfoot conference, and I was like, yeah, you guys right. go ahead. That that's yep, that's you guys go ahead. Um, but you guys talked me into going to the one down there that we always go to now. 
and walking in there, okay, I, I know this was Mike's, this is all Mike's thing, but walking in there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm here for you guys, okay, yeah, okay. And then I listened to some of the stories, some of the encounters that was being told, and we even had um, Bob Grimlin was down oh, yeah. there. Gimlin. Gimlin. And listening to his story, and then at the, we took a break, and I happened to pull up the Patterson video. And I, I, it, it's that famous video that everyone has seen. And I, I was looking at it, and I was like, okay, that, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. I can't wait to get it home to the computer, tear it apart, look at it. And when he got done telling his story, and then I took notes. He said the exact same thing the same amount of years, over, over and over. His story never changed. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. It has never changed. Even the point or the, the part to where he was talking about how um, Peterson was running and he tripped over. And you can see that in the camera. You can, it's just everything that he, he talked about was in this video and his story never changed. So I was like, okay. So I tore the the video apart. I really did. I, and in my tactical opinion, and I don't have any expertise in this, I've just been doing this sort of thing on the side. I could not find a logical reason that it would be a human being. They're, yeah. they're, they're, the movement, it was well, animal-like. It was even... I, I ran it through the filters that I, I run through our regular stuff too. And you can see where the different temperatures were, if you would. And on one part, if you look in the video, there, when the arm is brushing by her, when it's brushing by, you can see that it changes the same one as it would on the hand. So everything was all there, but when I walk, I don't brush my hand up there. I don't, you know do that I, it, so looking at that footage and then going back the second year it got me more open-minded if you would yeah the possibility well and see that's the way i was i was the same way i was like i was like yeah i don't I, i'm going with mike just to go have a guy's trip exactly yeah um and see what's I, going on you didn't get to go camping with us. I think if you had been camping with us, because I think that's what ultimately changed Rob's opinion, yeah. was finding the tracks. Yes. When I, when I saw those tracks for the first time, I was like, what the heck? There's, there's no way that anyone would walk out where, where they were. There's no way. There, there's just no way. And the stride in between them. I took a normal stride. But this stride was like another foot more than I would be. I, I, I had to do the lunge, okay? You got, and I'm, I'm trying to mimic myself right now, but I had to do the lunge in order to get that pace. And I found three different tracks there. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then Jeremy found some up the way from, because him and I, you stopped at where you found your tracks, where you were doing the casting. I was casting. Him and I kept going through the unthinkable. We, we were going to find the end of this until it actually stopped. And when we couldn't go anymore, that's when him and I crawled out of the ravine. And he went 
to the, the right, I went to the left, because I was coming back trying to find my way back to where you were, and he kept on going. He found an entirely different set of tracks than what I found. Mine were going in one well, direction, his were going in one direction. Well, if you remember, too, he found the tracks that were going up the hill that would have went around to where you were at. Yes. So it's very possible that it could have been, which to me, boldens the theory that they are a creature's footprints because they would have went through that valley of mm -hmm. that. There's a, a washout that these tracks would have went up where Jeremy was at. Then it would have gone up and there's an old forestry road that would have turned to the right. And that's where the tracks were coming mm -hmm. from that would have, if they would have came down the road. So to me, it boldens and I'm only that's, that is pure conjecture that that's yes. where we're the same track, but it is extremely possible that they were the same tracks based off of the terrain that they would have walked on. Right. Well, you guys both said it earlier, and I totally agree with looking at the footage you guys showed me. There's no way anybody in their right mind would be back there mm. in their bare feet in that area. No way. No. And no I'm going to quickly go back to the when Rob was talking about the Patterson film. There was, we know in, in the community, but if for anybody out there that's not listening, they don't really follow along, there was a guy that he specializes in 4K restorations of, of films, and he redid the Patterson Gimlin film in 4K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now it does extrapolate and interpolate the data to create that 4k image so you have to take that into consideration however it's using the data it has to do that so there's that as well so but as ken says in his book you can see the pendulous breast swaying yes. as yes. she's walking yeah, right. I mean, yes. it is, right and it's like how do you fake that 1967 i mean how does yeah because everyone's saying it was yeah. someone in a gorilla suit or someone in a suit or... yeah. 67 they didn't have that back then i mean right yeah, yeah, you may have had ghillie suits back then, but that was taking branches off and putting that. This was a full-bodied, hairy beast. You know, yeah. and I hear people all the time, they're like, well, how can you, you know, I hunted all whole my life and all that. And I'm thinking, I asked them, well, where have you, have you hiked through Sam Houston National Forest? Right. Or yeah. The Pacific Northwest, gotten off trail, gotten off something, and have you walked through that area? Because unless you have been there, but once you have, you understand how it could be. Well, that's There's like no doubt. When you and I went, we were just doing recon. We walked up on a hunter. He was standing still. We didn't yeah. see him. The only reason I saw him was because he, he moved. vaguely moved. And I just caught him out of the corner of my eye. If something doesn't want to be found in those woods, they're not going to be found. That's the whole point behind hunting. Especially something that's naturally camouflaged and knows the area way better than you're ever going to know it. Exactly. Yeah. They live there. Yes. Yeah. And, and I truly think they're a lot more intelligent than people give them the... Uh, well, and if they are some lineage you know, of hominin that's somewhat related to us from in the past, they still have that brain capacity whether it may not be as big as us or our or our brain capabilities but they still if they still have that human way instinct. of reasoning yeah. yes and, and then they have the animal instinct mm -hmm. and then also if they you know when you look at how animals so how many bear carcasses do you find from a, that one that was not struck by a car or had a natural an unnatural death how many natural bear carcasses are found? Exactly. Very, yeah. very 
very few because they go and they bury in and they hide somewhere and they die. Yeah. So they know that and and they, the bear knows it's going to die and it knows it's going to go there. Well, you take something that has a more human reasoning that doesn't want to be found, that wants to avoid the competition, that wants to be, that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And then you go into those woods and until you've been there, if you haven't been to East Texas and gotten off trail, go to Caddo Lake and get off trail. I right. take that back. I'm not going to say that because you'll get lost if you haven't if you're not been there. I mean, that's, that's some serious stuff. But, yeah, that's, that's one of the places that's next on my list. I want to kayak in off of Caddo Lake, and I want to get deep. Yeah. Um, you know. Hey, real quick. I've got? Got, a question, I've got a question that came in on Facebook. The question is, why do you guys think people talk about government co- cover-ups on UFOs and things such as Bigfoot? But you hardly hear anything about it on paranormal, the paranormal piece. Well, isn't the UFOs and Bigfoot part of the paranormal? Because that's just, paranormal is just things that we don't understand. No, I know what they're getting at, though, is, I mean, like spirits and ghosts and that kind of stuff. Why do you think you don't hear a lot about that? UFOs, I can see. I think it's because, because, yeah, the history of what the government's done. Right, exactly. And then also, I think that the conspiracy theorists on, say, the crypt, say Bigfoot, people think that, for example, one of the excuses that's used for the conspiracy theories in, say, California are like the logging companies. They don't want yeah. to, to disclose that because that changes. I mean, you talk about what's been spent to save a species of owl, um, you know, in, in California, you can, it gets really crazy out there, but I think that there's a money connection behind it. I think that there is, and, and what the way things have been covered in the past. Plus, there's also lots of stories that come out of that, although Bigfoot is even more rare than, than alien. I think that the alien thing is a national security deal, and there's so much more stuff that has been purposely, when you look back at Project Blue Book and mm-hmm. all of that time frame of the alien yeah. stuff, there has been stuff that has been questionable by the U.S. government, no doubt in my mind. Um, so their their behavior, whether or not it was intentional or not, it was questionable, the behavior. So I think that that fuels the conspiracy theorists, um, whereas spirits before governments, before, you know, super na- superpowers, before all of that, the spirits have been around and they've been accepted. You know, it's been expected, mm-hmm. accepted to have the spirit of, of, I mean, you, you look back into prehistoric not prehistoric like but even back to like egyptian times and things like that you know they worshiped the supernatural and they worshiped and, and they revered those things and it's moved up through history you go back into the middle ages and the dark ages and all that sort of stuff the spirit world was part of that way of life right yeah. i mean they, they based their harvest off of the solstice and the spirits and they and they and all of these things happened and it's been a part of way of life whereas to me the alien stuff even though it's it goes back further it really took off with roswell and the government and all of that stuff kind of came out and then you look at the same thing with bigfoot and again it goes way back further but then when you get into when it all happened there was a whole lot of government involvement and denials and things like that. And as soon as the government denies anything, yeah, and so, so the government, yeah, de- yeah the government right. denies, big, the government denies aliens, but you won't ever hear the government talk about ghosts. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So I think that's part of it too. Well, I mean, if you look back in, in, in history though, when people have gone into caves and ruins and that kind of stuff, you see saucer type drawings on the walls and, and that kind of stuff. So maybe there is something further back than just, you know, the Roswell brought it up in, into the here and now. The modern times, yeah. yeah. Right. Same thing. But, uh, talk about the, the same thing with, with Sasquatch or Bigfoot. There's multiple, you know, native artworks and things right. like that. They go back hundreds yeah. of years that have the same depictions. Yeah. And by the way, that comment that came in was from Kyle Jones, my son. So, <laughs> so, hey, well, uh, we've been going here quite a while. What do you think we take a break here for a few minutes? All right. And cool. then we'll, we'll come back and we'll finish up on conspiracy theorists of the COVID-19. All right. All right, we'll see. The MPI Podcast, online 24-7 at militaryparanormal.com. We'll be right back. progress comes a time to expand your search and explore further. Meet GS2, the most feature-packed laser grid system for ghost hunting all in one package. The original GS1 was the first product created for paranormal investigations right here at Ghost Stop. Over the years, it has become an essential tool for investigators. The GS2 takes us even further with more features for visualizing changes in the environment, now coupled with an array of sensors for precision measurement, alerts, and event tracking. GS2 detects motion, direction, distance, temperature, and shape within the laser mapped area. It starts by logging baseline readings, then begins scanning the grid for changes and logging notable events. GS2 is a search forward in precision measurement and ease for paranormal investigators. Shed a new beam of light on your investigations with the GS2 laser grid system. Only at ghoststop.com. Military Paranormal Investigations podcast, our live podcast, and it seems that we got things going, even though we had a, a technical difficulty <laughs> early on, but it looks like we got things going. Uh, reminder, you can find us on militaryparanormal.com, on Facebook, if you're watching us live right now, YouTube, which, uh, yeah, I haven't got a single view on YouTube, but that's okay. I mean, at least we're getting it on Facebook. Um, we got some on Twitch and Mixer. Don't know about DLive. I wasn't able to catch that one yet. But, uh, yeah, if you got any comments or questions or you want to be a part of the show, hey, you're, you've already been doing it. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, for those that are just now joining us, I'm Jeff. Uh, 
part of MPI and what we were kind of, we started to show out of how COVID-19 may have affected the paranormal world. And we've kind of gone off the the ro- rails a little bit. Just a little. But that's, o- Just a little. But that's okay. Um, so now what we wanted to talk about was how did, how does COVID-19 have the conspiracy theories and what are they? Well, I, the one that I was bringing up earlier with Mike, because he was talking about how he was doing the whole conspiracy, is uh, the 5G, the new 5G system that they got coming out, the Wi-Fi. They're, they're saying that that could be a cause of the COVID-19 and how it can spread over the airwaves of whatever I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people. In fact, there's a lot of celebrities that I've read that have jumped on board with that theory. Um, well, that it's causing it to spread quickly, and I, I don't see how they. They're they're also saying, and I don't get this, how they think that it could cause you to have a weaker immune system through the radiation. I, There's, I could, I could understand that before I could understand that it's spreading it because there's like, I read the stat the other day and I could be wrong. Cause I honestly don't know how many countries there are and I, I probably should, but it's like 138 countries have reported cases of COVID and five are the only ones with 5g. So yeah, I, I, I can, there's a lot of stuff that I think that 5g has a right to have some conspiracy theory, but I don't think it has anything to do with COVID-19. Okay, here's another one that I read about, how the aliens have brought the coronavirus to us. Now, that one I've thought about. Y'all know me. So, (laughs) I mean, when you look at, so I'm going to say this. I am going to get weird for a minute. You? No. I'm going to get real weird for a minute. So when you look at how every country before it hit them, Oh, it's nothing to worry about. Oh, it's nothing to worry about. And, and you can take, oh, I'm not even going to go with Trump this or Trump that. I'm going to say every country, both sides of both major parties in the U.S. were saying the same thing. Other countries, Italy was one of the worst. Yeah. Oh, it's nothing to worry about, which I think is part of what happened. And I think I think they've admitted that that's part of what why they took it so hard. But all of a sudden, all this comes out and they're like, oh, you know, shelter in place. Don't go nowhere. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. So what if... There was some truth to that where there was this spread, and that's that's part of the reason why the government is locking everybody down, trying to do this, because maybe it's worse. Maybe it's not worse in the way of it's going to, you know, essentially harm more elderly people here or this or that or the other. But what if the situation is worse then we bled to believe on a whole different spectrum? Right. Because that's been part of the talk about if we go to Mars, we can't and we go to an area, it's hard for us to bring back samples that aren't contaminated because now we've been there. Even our machinery takes the stuff from Earth there and contaminates the environment. That's a lot of environmentalists that have a lot to do with with that, about going to other planets and things like that. So when you look at part of the stuff that I read was, you know, China, we talked about this on the moon thing, about not going back to the moon. Oh, now everybody's going back to the moon. Why? Because China went to the backside of the moon and put a rover. And to me, that's my opinion of why every other country has said, hey, we're going back to the moon. We're going to do this. So where did this start? I got another conspiracy for you. you China. Well, sorry. But yeah, that's where it started is China. And so what if there is a connection? I don't know. And that's just way out there, but it's something. So are you saying that the connection would be that the coronavirus came from the moon? 
not the moon. I'm just saying. Well, I, they went to I'm the not, dark side I, of the moon. Let, let me rephrase this. I, I am not saying any of this. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is the the conspiracy theories that talk about it to me have some merit in in that fact of, you know. What is one of the things that could be done? And this has been part of the whole beginning of UFO and alien stuff right. is what if something came here? What is the biggest threat? It, and, it, and I'm talking scientists, major scientists have said the bigger threat isn't whether or not they're going to come wipe us out. It's what they bring. bring. Yeah. Just like when we went to the new world and we took a virus with us, yes. the flu that wiped out the Aztec or, you know, yep. or, or, or whatever. That's what the biggest threat is. And then anyway, so I, I think that there are some merit on that, but. So do you think that the coronavirus is like that, where China's trying to take out the rest of the world with the coronavirus? That's another conspiracy. No, no, I think that, yeah, I think that there is some validity, especially when what you read early on, there is some validity, whether or not it was China or whether or not it was another country that was right. trying to harm China. And then it got out of hand, which I think is the problem in all of that kind of yes. stuff. When you look back in history, you know, they were there was a what was it? Was it the bats that they were going to send the flaming bats or the birds? We talked about it before. I'm trying well, to that's remember. That's what they're saying that the coronavirus is coming from was the bats. They're testing on the bats. Yeah, I mean, a totally different deal, though. But they, okay. they were going to send these this flaming these bombs and birds or bombs and bats. And then the bats came back and blew up their own stuff. Because anyway. So there's a lot of those types of things that, that that happen that way that go awry. And I think that's when you talk about weather modification, mm -hmm. some of the conspiracies on weather modification, um, you know, it was made to stop a hurricane here. But then you set into this whole event chain of events that's now modified the weather, global warming, all of this kind of stuff that could have came from from that. Same thing with the coronavirus. When you look at a virus that kills rapidly and it kills indiscriminately and and anyway the conspiracy i believe has merit that it would could have been a possibility i'm not saying that that's where it went i'm just saying that is a a possibility and then it went awry and now it's worldwide and then once it starts mutating and all of that then you've got problems yeah what about you jeff what do you think well you know I try not to go down the conspiracy theory route. I'm not kind of like Mike. Um, at least I'm not vocal with it anyways. But could I believe that there's a conspiracy theory out there that maybe somebody was trying to cause harm to a certain group of people or a country or whatever? Sure, I think it's possible. And that's where um, I'm going. I think it's extremely, it has merit. You know, I've read I've read reports where China's saying that, you know, somebody from our country, the army or whatever, brought over this virus and set it up over there. Do I believe all that? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so at all. Um, but I know we really, really have got to take this virus serious. Oh, definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was I was telling my dad the other day in the car. I said, you know, I never thought in my lifetime would I ever see such a, a, a pandemic yeah. as this. Yeah. I really never thought I would. I don't think well, anyone you, really did. When you look back at like our grandparents or even our parents that have been, I mean, like how does your dad, um, like the polio vaccine and all that kind of stuff, I mean, how, does, have you talked to him about any of that, how that compares? No. 
So, and that's, there have been these pandemics, epidemics, if you will. I think it's the first for even our mix. I mean, you talk about Gen Xers, Gen Ys, and millennial. I mean, we're all in this together in this boat. You know what I mean? Regardless of what's going on. But I think it's a first for us. And when you look back in history, I mean, these things hit quite often. It's just never really affected the greater portion of the world like this. It actually has back in early days, again, with the bubonic plague spread like, like crazy. Um, And and I just, it's just a a first thing for us. And I think we do need to take it serious, regardless of what your beliefs are, what happened. I think it needs to be taken seriously. So with with the coronavirus and all the deaths that are coming, do you think investigations are going to pick up when we can finally get out there and investigate? Or how do you think an investigation is going to go? Do you think someone's going to want someone to come into their home and investigate if they do have anything paranormal? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, maybe so. I mean, you I don't know if you guys have seen on the news how they're uh, digging up property in New York somewhere. I don't remember where the location was, um, but they're burying hundreds of people in this mass grave. Uh, people that can't afford and, and really? maybe homeless. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just like we've talked about before with the uh, battlefields and those, those kind of things, you know, where people, people die and that energy is absorbed into the ground, could mm-hmm. it increase it? I believe it could. I really do. So you think oh, the activity is going to pick up? I do. Okay. I think so. What about you, Mike? We, we've talked about it before when you yeah. look at it, when you look at for instance, um, the Slender Man deal, you know, that was a, an art program that that went crazy and then it blew up. And they talk about how one of the possibilities is, is that after this thing went viral on the Internet, all these people were thinking about it and all these things were shared and it got more people thinking, more people were scared. All this emotion has now created some sort of thought form or something like that. I think that it's possible that yeah, you're going to see an uptick in some sort of paranormal activity just because of the emotion that's entering, um, the, you know, the atmosphere. And I think that, um, it's what, what I, what I'm afraid of. And we, we talked about this is you're going to have certain shows that's going to go out and, and take advantage of this to go, Oh, we're going to investigate this. And then in six months, you're going to have people talking to COVID-19 people that died and this, that, and the other. And I just, that's what my biggest fear is. And that's going to get crazy for people. And then it's, um, anyway, I, I have issues with that, but, but yeah, I think that it's, it's quite likely that you're going to see an uptick in paranormal activity just because of the emotion and the energy that's being portrayed right now. People are tired. People are worn out. People are stressed. Mm -hmm. People are scared. People are dying. People are sad. Um, yeah, it's it's a tumultuous time that I think could seriously impact the greater spectrum of things. What about you, Rob? What do you think? I definitely think it's going to pick up. I really do. I I also think that there's probably going to be a lot more paranormal groups that pop up as well because it's probably going to, like Mike was talking about, it's probably going to hit some television show. And just like back in the day, when Ghost Hunters first came out, and I say nothing about Ghost Hunters because that's the reason we started, um, you're going to have all these shows coming out that portray 
that people are talking to, to the coronavirus, and then you're going to have more paranormal groups. Oh, I want to go and try that out. Or, or you might yeah. have a decline in paranormal groups on the other spectrum as far as, oh, I, I don't want to go into someone else's house because they might have the coronavirus, and we don't know how the pandemic is going to go. So I, I think it could go either way. It really could when it comes to different organizations and the different paranormals. But do I think there's going to be an uptick in activity? Yeah, I definitely do, because there's a lot of people out there that are dying because of the COVID-19 that three days ago, they felt fine. Mm -hmm. And they're in bed. They don't really get time to say goodbye to their loved ones or anything like that. So They might not have been able to. They were in the hospital alone. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah. So I, and that's I, the other thing is I've heard that it can be for some people can it's extremely painful. Like it's um I don't like the individual that put the report out, but it was talking about how it wants you to lay there and be still, and it wants you to do this because mm-hmm. when you try to move, it's painful and it hurts right. and it takes your breath and you can't do this. So there's all that emotion and all that, and you look at these hospitals. You know, we've had. We, matter of fact, we talked about it in the last show about Walter Reed, but you look at these hospitals that experienced an uptick in deaths in their communities and this, um, I think that there's a potential for a lot of activity increase. Yeah. And I agree with you, Rob, but I think that, I think that, I don't think it will necessarily affect us going to somewhere because somebody's afraid. Um, I think you'll start seeing more people like Zach wearing their mask going somewhere in an investigation, you know, because people are now more conscious of the fact that there's bacteria in old buildings or this or that or the other. And I mean, we wore masks going to the old buildings anyways. I mean, we've always done that. We have. Yeah. Yeah. But not at all of them. I think more now I'll give you my opinion though. Um, I do think I'll be more apt to wear a mask now than I was in the past. Oh, and I have another, so now we have our, we have to get some ghost ones and everything. The, we did have a comment on our Facebook page, and I'm going to respond to that after. I just noticed it. It came right before we started, but asked where this came from. So I did want to give a shout-out to my mother-in-law for making us these wonderful Yeah, I left um, mine in the car. With, with our big actually, fit. Big I actually wanted mine to work, so should have seen it the first time I pulled up to the gate with that. And they're like, I want one. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but no, they were they weren't commercially available. We had them we had them made for us. Again, we have we're going to see that here in the next couple of weeks. They're they're going to probably let us out of quarantine in a couple of weeks, but it's going to be on the caveat that we excuse me that we have, have to, wear. to wear our mask. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. What else do we got as far as so we had the conspiracies, the deaths, cryptos, organizations, groups. Looks like we hit just about everything that we wanted to talk about. You yeah. wanted to do the um, the networking thing, Rob, so I thought I, I kind of hijacked that from you. No, go for it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're in the beginning, but typically we try to do a little networking thing where we talk about another group that we see just to kind of spread some love out there and that kind of stuff. This week, I thought, because I took this one to heart a good bit, mm-hmm. I thought that I would share the um, the whole International Cryptozoology Museum, which is Lauren Coleman's museum. It's in Maine, and um, I noticed the website wasn't working. I don't know if that has to do with the COVID-19 thing, but you can find them on Facebook at International Cryptozoology Museum. If you do a search for that, um, Lauren Coleman has a website too as well. It's laurencoleman.com. But what I would urge is 
people to go, and, and I'm going to say this about the museum, but also any of your other favorite authors, your favorite paranormal sites. I mean, you look at like uh, any of the places like the, uh, the Winchester House, you know, those places are closed down for going to be closed down for months. And those were major undertakings to get us to get into those locations. So mm-hmm. make sure you go support. Um, I know like the International Cryptozoology Museum, they have items for sale on their Facebook page, their shop that's there. So you can go and you can buy a book, a poster, um, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, I know, I know money's tight for everybody. Um, I get it. I completely get it. But again, if we want to, and for us as our paranormal community, if we want to get out there more then we need to go and, and support these guys. So go to your author, go to your, the museums, go to the sites that you like to go to right. and help support these guys to help them through. Again, it could, this is a good, by the time this is over as a minimum is going to be a quarter of their annual, how they make their money. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I bumped my uh, laptop, but yeah, Mike, I, I agree with you. And, and I think it's important, you know, now we're all stuck in home. Yeah. We have a lot of time to be able to read books and research and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know that's one of the things that I want to do. That's why I want to see if I can maybe sneak over and get that book from you somehow. But, uh, yeah, it's real important that we uh, support these folks out there that are uh, are not able to get out right now. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely. So. And then well, I hey, was... oh, go ahead. No, go you, ahead, Rob. No, no, you go. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the other things we were going to talk about, we normally have a tech corner. Yeah, piece. that's where I was going as well. Okay. <laughs> and uh, today, Mike wants to talk about and show us the... EDI. EDI. We oh. we have a commercial about it all the time. I forgot about now you actually have one, so go ahead. Well you can play that as well. So so typically what you guys see. I lost my props. I had an, an actual K2 here. But typically what you guys see is you have the uh, uh um the K2 meters that you see that's got you know they like ghost hunters made it famous where it goes in and it measures the the whole um, EMF change <laughs> of whatever it is that you're trying to look at. So, sorry, I'm looking at the screen and it did something that I thought you cut me off. So, no, anyway. I, I hit the wrong button. I was trying to do the end of show music and I hit the end of show. By <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought I was dead there. Second, but anyway, so, but what I've been using now for actually three or four years, and actually, I think Rob was talking about they've been using it on some of the newer shows, is they actually they call it the Eddy, which mm-hmm. is the EDI Plus. Um, you can get these at um, GoStop or Amazon, and we actually have affiliate links on our YouTube sites or in any, on our website, that sort of stuff. But I absolutely love this thing. This is uh, yes. it measures temperature, humidity, pressure. Um, Geo uh, vibrations, geophone, and bar- and uh, I said barometric pressure, yeah. EMF. Stuff. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, but what I like about it is it takes an SD card, and you can it will log everything, and then when you get done, you go to the manufacturer site, and my mind is done right now. If anybody wants to look, Centec um, Paranormal with Central right. Texas Paranormal, they're the ones that actually make and, and sell these things to the to the uh, distributors there, but. You can download the software and you can chart out what's going on. For example, so if we catch an EVP or we catch a, um, a 
temperature change or something, that's what we have. But with this, it will log it into place. Yep. You look at the screen and we actually have had on multiple occasions where we've had a barometric pressure change, mm -hmm. a humidity change, a temperature drop, EMF, and a little bit of geophone activity as yep. well at the same time. So some of that stuff is natural. You have to kind of log that out and figure out what's going on. But when you get an eight degree temperature change and a seven or eight EMF hit right. and barometric pressure drop of three or three points, that may be something that might be might be a little different. So when you're talking about data logging and actual paranormal research, not paranormal enthusiasts, enthusiast, but this is the tool to go to. So, yes. and you can carry it around with you. You can set it up as a geophone, set it in front of the camera and the lights will come on. You can kind of see how you it works there. You can use it as a communication device with them, a way um, for a spirit to talk to you with it. All sorts of things. It is a, and a wonderful device. I believe you can get this now for about $200 again at Amazon or GoStop. Make sure you go, if you're going to look at one, go to our affiliate links there and they'll be in the show notes as well. And you can, uh, you can check that out. All right. That's a good spill, That's Mike. That's a good spill. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it cut me off. I lost my train there for a little while. Jumped off the train, did you? Yeah. I did. I'm good did. at that, though. Hey, yeah. uh, just real quick, back to the coronavirus thing, Mike, you had wondered about the number of countries that have reported the coronavirus. Currently, there's 210 countries and territories that have reported the coronavirus and there's only five developed countries that have 5g so, so think about that yeah so all right cool well good show i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it and i would like to thank all those folks yes. that have been on with, with us through facebook and all our other social media sites keep those questions coming uh Send us a Facebook message. You can call us at 940-437-4MPI and leave us a message or a comment. Uh, you can on... find us on... Sorry, Rob. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, um, Twitter. You just search for Military Paranormal, one word. You should be able to find us there. And actually, I think Twitter is MPI underscore paranormal. Yes, it is. And then on YouTube, we're Military Paranormal. Uh, I think after Rob's little spill last time, I think we picked up a few subscribers, but we we're did. still just a couple. We're still just a couple short of getting to the hundred. We picked goal up three episode. new subscribers since I begged everyone. So I'm begging people again. Come on, I need five more to get a hundred. That's it, just five more. Like I said, you're already home. You got nothing better to watch. Come on, come over to our channel, hit it up because we have something in store for you i guarantee you will really really like it talked about it earlier but it's definitely coming get that subscription out there like us there come on there you hey. go there's my spiel so got a question on facebook uh oh what you got when's our next broadcast Ooh. i'm hoping new one next weekend too i'm looking for weekly that's what i'm looking for seeing how we got nothing else to do why not we do. well let's what what are we going to talk about we got any idea well, we actually that... have four that are out there right now. A couple of ideas. Um, yours, yeah. I don't know how far along you are with your research. With the, uh... it, it'll be done this upcoming week. Well, we got that one. I'm doing research on Men in Black. We got that one. Uh, we had someone send us a suggestion uh, about the Queen Mary. So ghost ships. I thought about doing something on ghost ships. Um, we have the different paranormal shows because I am binge watching 
I know you're watching the Skinwalker Ranch. I'm watching yeah. the new Ghost Hunters. I don't know what Mike's watching. Um, I was watching Skinwalker Ranch. This week was was crazy, so I didn't get. I've got it recorded. I've just got to uh, to get in there and watch it. So, yeah. And and for me, he said my my uh, idea. It's really not my idea. Jordan, my youngest daughter, had a uh, thought of when we talk about exorcisms and priests or or clergy that uh, accomplish them, how does it affect them emotionally and later on down the road? So that's something we're going to look into, and I'm hoping to be able to get a clergy who's a, accomplished an exorcism and maybe uh, give us a message or uh, have him come on. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be real good if we could get that on there. But yeah, we got a so, couple of different shows, but I definitely want to get another one out there. Uh, same time? Want to try and push for a weekly thing? 7 p.m.? That sounds, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right, cool. So I guess our next podcast is going to be next Saturday, 7 p.m. Central Time. And um, I do believe we'll have all the technical bugs worked out. I thought we had them worked out, <laughs> but I... This one was I, one of those... I just, it, it was my fault. It really was. I joined two different Skype <laughs> calls. I joined yours, Mike, and I was already in one with Jeff. So my computer said, no, uh-uh, not, not happening. So, it, yeah, but it looks like everything's going smooth now. So I think we'll, we got it worked out. And hopefully next week we'll have our other member, Allison, on board with us. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get her on. Yep. Well, that's so, the other one that we forgot, the the uh, Hawaiian one. I totally Hawaiian forgot folklore, yeah. yeah. I totally forgot that about with Kevin. I'll have to get up with him, see if he's available again. Yeah, so uh, we've got a lot coming up. We're mm-hmm. going to do these weekly now. So stick with us. Give us your comments. Give us your feedback. Give us ideas for the show, for a show, and uh, maybe we'll get it uh, put together for you. I really want to hear some stories. I want to hear your own personal stories. I know you got them. Everybody we talk to ends up telling us a story, but I just need you to share it with us. So uh, make sure you send those along. And you can send them not only on our Facebook and our social media ones, but if you want to, you can email it at podcast at militaryparanormal.com. Alrighty. If y'all don't mind, again, you can find me on my personal site at Undiscovered Origins. Yes. Well, hey, guys. Thanks a lot for this. I had a learned a lot um hopefully the listeners did as well look forward to next week where we'll get together again and talk about another topic all right and for allison good night y'all bye y'all, bye, y'all. good night y'all <laughs> bye y'all Thank you for listening to the MPI Paranormal Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Military Paranormal Investigations. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Don't forget to connect with us on Podbean, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, the truth is to be found.